gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Why, hello there. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 124, which is entitled No Correlation. I am your host, G2. And the reason why this episode is entitled No Correlation is because usually on the Sunday episodes, and let me give you guys a way into my brain here. On the Sunday episodes, I usually try to have news topics that will blend in together that I at least could pull one common thing out of each topic in it all comes together, basically in one pretty bow, or at least one messy bow, but you got where I was trying to go with it. But this one, I don't see how there's n- any correlation with any of the topics for this episode, so that's the reason why I entitled it No Correlation. So that's just what we got here. Now, before I get into today's topics, I want to go off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being April the 30th, it is Oatmeal Cookie Day, as well as Raisin Day. Tomorrow, May 1st, it is Chocolate Parfait Day. May 2nd, it is Chocolate Truffle Day. May 3rd, Chocolate Custard Day, as well as Raspberry Tart Day. May 4th, Home Brew Day. So they're talking about beer, so please, and I mean this with all genuine uh, concern, please drink responsibly. And if you're going to drink, drink inside your home or drink around someone that is not a drinker if you happen to drink by chance outside of your home. So that's just my. PSA for that. Um, May 4th, it is Candy Orange Peel Day. May 5th, it is Hoagie Day as well as Cinco de Mayo Day and Enchilada Day. So with that day as well, please drink responsibly. And to round it off, May 6th, my birthday, it will be Crepe Suzette Day. Now with the food out of the way, I want to talk about international news before I talk about the United States news. First thing to chalk up, Russia did attack Ukraine again this week. And they did it with a missile attack, and they killed more than 20 people, as NPR would write up. An apartment building in central Ukrainian city of Yemen has been hit during a series of early morning airstrikes across the country on Friday, killing at least 21 people, Ukrainian officials said. The commander-chief of Ukrainian armed forces said Ukraine managed to shoot down 21 incoming cruise missiles out of the total 23, with the remaining two hitting Yemen and Dnipro. The attack on Yemen is the deadliest strike on a Ukrainian apartment building since 40 people were killed in Dnipro in January. The regional military administrator for Yemen told reporters that three children were among the 21 killed in the apartment building, with more likely to be found dead in the rubble. So that happened on Friday, and it wouldn't take so long for the Ukrainian uh, soldiers to retaliate because on Saturday, yesterday, as it's come from the Associated Press, as it would write, and a Russian official says Ukrainian drone strike Crimea oil deposit. A massive fire erupted at an oil deposit in Crimea after it was hit by two of the Ukrainians' drones. A Russian appointed official there reported Saturday. The latest in a series of attacks on the Annex Peninsula as Russia braces for an expected Ukrainian counteroffensive. The Moscow instilled governor of Sevastopol, a port city in Crimea, posted videos in photos of the blaze on his telegram channel 
The governor would say that the fire at the city's harbor was assigned the highest ranking in terms of how complicated it would be to be extinguished. However, he reported that the open blaze had been contained. He said that the oil deposit was attacked by two enemy drones and four oil tanks burned down. A third drone was shot down from the sky and one more was deactivated through radio electric means, according to Crimea's Moscow appointed governor. So again, we're still going at it with Russia and Ukraine. Again, this is still me giving you guys more updates as battles is still going on between the Russian uh, army and the Ukrainian. I want to say Ukrainian army and also the Ukrainian citizens. I think the citizens of the Ukraine are helping out their army the best they can with anything they can, whether they need to enlist or they try to just volunteer for anything. I think that's just what's going on. So I would say just the Russian army going against the whole Ukraine country as a whole. So I just want to give you guys more updates on that war as it's been going on literally for a year. And I want to do my part to keep everybody up to date on what's going on as, again, Ukraine is still defending their country from a dictator named Vladimir Putin. Now moving away from that international news, onto something that I find that this week we're going to start hearing a whole lot more about because it's coming up this 6th of May, which is this upcoming Saturday, the coronation of Charles. He will be known as King Charles now as he's now will be taking his seat on that throne in England or the UK. Now with him taking the throne and him becoming king finally, um, a couple questions I had to ask myself. Well, not really ask myself, but ask the public. Do the people in America really care that much? I mean, because the major publications over here, they're going to be covering it like, I mean, I know exactly what's going to come about because as soon as you see it, you're going to start seeing it being on ABC, CBS, CNN, even Fox, all the major news publications, they're going to be covering it this Saturday. They're going to be covering the coronation because it's been the first time since, what, Elizabeth became queen back in the early 90s, not, well, 1900s, but I was about to say 1990s, but no, 1900s, since England or the UK has gotten a new ruler or new face, if you will. So now that Charles is that face, and I'm not going to say new because he's been around. He just had to wait for his mother to pass. And I know that sounds horrible to say, but she should have been given up the throne. But I digress on whatever that is. Um, You got to wonder to yourself, do America really care that much? I personally do not care that much. I'm just waiting for him to croak personally because he's going to be on that throne for what? I give it legitimately, what, six, seven years. And then he's going to be croaking off that uh, throne. And then you're going to get Prince William taking the freaking throne. And then he becomes King William. So that's what I'm seeing here. I really don't care that Charles is getting the throne. I don't care. I don't see how America cares that much about the whole entire royal family as a whole. I don't get it. But hey, to each their own. I just want everybody to know that it's coming up. And prepare yourself, embrace yourself to see a lot of coverage on the news about said coronation this upcoming Saturday. So if you don't want to know about it, please don't turn on your uh, news. Just go online, go to the regular publications, go to Twitter. If you haven't uh, opened a Twitter yet, go and open up one and just follow your news sources, your ABC, CBS, your BBC, all these other ones, and just Look at the news that way. 
or go to Yahoo or wherever you find it. Just don't turn on the news because the news on television, what I've studied and what I've seen is that they will throw you something that you personally will not care about and will not benefit your life in any function of the matter. But, and I'm talking about like the major news people, not your local like news station. I'm talking about the big boys that you see on seven o'clock in the morning and uh, the primetime special people. Don't turn on the news for that time. Just go and look at them on Twitter or Instagram for that. If you want to steer clear of the whole pimp and circumstances of uh, King Charles becoming king and all the crap that's going to be building up around him this upcoming week. Now, moving away over from international news to the U.S., I want to start off by giving a condolences to the family of Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, notorious trash talk show host, died at the age of 79. Um, his family would put out that statement Thursday. And I just want to read you something from the Associated Press here. At its peak, the Jerry Springer show was a ratings powerhouse and a U.S. cultural pharaoh, synonymously with drama. Known for chair-throwing and bleep-filled arguments, the daytime talk show was a favorite American guilty pleasure over its 27-year run, at one point topping Oprah Winfrey's show. That tells you the type of dynamic that uh, Jerry Springer had. I want to just read you off. Just a couple highlights of Jerry Springer's life here. In 1971, he ran for Cincinnati uh, City Council. In 1974, he had to resign. In 75, he went back and he won a council seat. In 1977, he was Cincinnati mayor. In 1971, he started his own talk show, but this wasn't the Jerry Springer show that we all known to either love and or hate. That happened in 1993. Um, That's just... Incredible. When you think about someone that started off being a politician and he served time doing politics and all that stuff, and then he decides to get a talk show host in 91, the traditional format of a talk show host, but then they start going into the whole uh, chaotic drama, scripted out, formatted style the way that Jerry Springer was, like the way that we all know Jerry Springer. It's crazy the type of life that Jerry Springer had and just that he was able to impact not just one culture's household, but all cultures' households. You had people up there that were Caucasian being on the show, Black being on the show, uh, Hispanic being on the show. I'm not sure too many Asian people were on the show, but probably here and there. But Jerry Springer at least played in every person's home at least once or twice before in their lifetime. I know that in my house, like when I was younger, Jerry Springer was on... And it'll be watched from time to time. I don't remember that being like the show. I know Maury show was the one, but like Jerry Springer and Maury to me are like the two like synonymous shows that I would think that every black household at least has seen more than just once. That was literally a black household's like guilty pleasure, like to watch in like the early 2000s because it was so much drama and everything else. Like, I'm not certain how many people still watched it before Jerry Springer died in like the 2010s, but in the early 2000s, oh yeah, that was out there. Jerry Springer was the show to watch. I remember that like being on whenever I would come home from school, like at two o'clock, but just to hear about Jerry Springer passing away, I, I wasn't shocked by that so much because I'm like used to people dying now, celebrity wise, 
especially when you found out the age of Jerry Springer being 79, it didn't shock me like that. I was like, oh, okay, he passed away. I'm thinking, okay, Maury Povich, you're probably next, my guy, because once Maury goes in, like, okay, now you have all of the drama, uh, talk show, like, hosts are gone now. Because Jerry Springer and Maury are the top two that I think about whenever you think of drama talk show hosts. Those are the two. I could be wrong. They're probably mad more others, but, like, synonymous with drama in the black household. Jerry Springer and Maury are the guys. So Jerry Springer's out of here. I want to pay some respect to his family. They did lose a loved one. They lost a father. They lost a husband here. I don't want to be uh, crude and rude. If I said anything wrong, I do apologize if it sounds horrible. I just don't want to make it sound that way. I just want everyone to know that Jerry Springer in general was that guy whenever you think about it. Because you didn't see too many people, like, hate Jerry Springer. That's all I'm trying to get at here. When I say black people watch the show and all that, if you have black people watching your show and they don't hate you, because I never heard one person say that they hate Jerry Springer. I never did. They might have said I didn't like the show, but I never ever said that they hated Jerry Springer. So Jerry Springer was the guy. He was someone that people just watched because the show was dramatic and chaotic, but I don't think nobody ever, like, hated Jerry. So, again, I don't want to have anything come out disrespectful to him because the family is still dealing with grief. So, again, my condolences to the family of Jerry Springer. Now off to someone that I and the rest of Black Twitter had a complete ball when we found out that she died this week. The lady named Carol Dunham. For people that don't know, this was the woman whose accusations led to the absolute brutal murder of Emmett Till. She died at the age of 88. For people that don't know, this was the woman that said that Emmett Till whistled at her. And she lied about it. And Emmett Till ended up dying. He ended up getting beaten and getting thrown into a river. And it's all because of this woman's lie back in the day. Whenever it was at a time when we still had racism. And I mean heavy racism running rampant where a black woman, well, a black man, excuse me, could not even congregate with a white woman. And it was so damn stupid how an older woman, an adult woman, straight up accused a 14-year-old boy because of his skin tone, saying that he whistled at her, which was a complete damn lie which we all know the truth about. For people that don't know, you want to get more educated about this, you can go watch the movie uh, Till. They talked about that. And also, if you don't want to watch the movie, you can just read about it. But yeah, this woman completely lied. And I can't believe that she was able to live free for all these years. And she just now died this past week. And I want to read you some of the tweets that were infested on Twitter whenever we all heard about this bitch of a woman's death. One person tweeted out, death is not justice. An arrest warrant was issued for Carolyn Dunham in August 1955 related to the murder of Emmett Till, but it was never served. Instead, she was able to live a full life to 88. Emmett Till only lived to 14. This is not justice. Someone else tweeted out, I hope the hottest part of hell has a spot ready for Carolyn Bryan Dunham. She lived a full life after lying on Emmett Till. No indictment, no jail, nothing. See, this is what I'm saying. People were just not cool with this woman. 
But whenever we heard about it, you started seeing black Twitter getting all happy. They start putting up GIFs, uh, GIFs, however the hell you want to say it, uh, videos of black people dancing. I mean, this was a great thing for us because this should have been done. And I don't like to advocate for violence, but, and I'm going to say but on this, there's just certain people that if they happen to just disappear, I don't think too many people is going to be uh, crying about it. I think this woman, if she were to happen to have disappear before she died at age 88, I don't think too many people would have cried about it unless you were racist, personally, since we're in this whole age of, Ayo, if you've done wrong, you've done wrong. You got to get canceled out of here. This woman should have either been canceled or, more importantly, she should have been to jail because of lying and causing the death of a 14-year-old boy, Emmett Till. This was complete asinine how it did happen. But again, you got to remember the time, South, and racial tensions and all that Manegering BS. This, uh, this was not. I don't like how she was able to live to eighty-eight, and Emmett Till was able to live to fourteen. She should have gotten handled. She should have was able to be marked off this earth, be labeled as disappear. You know what I mean? This, I don't like how she was able to live to eighty-eight. I don't, and I want to say this to my black people here. We have beef with one another. I understand that. We're so quick to really, like, cancel each other out. We're so quick to do that. We're so quick to just throw each other under the bus and say, yo, you did wrong. You did wrong. It's time for you to get out of here. We actually follow the rules, per se, whenever we talk about cancel this person. Okay, they gotta be out of here. We do this. We do that. We're the quickest whenever it comes down to us. We're quick. But whenever certain people in their ethnicities... And it's time for them to be canceled, per se. Some of them are not the quickest to cancel their own. Some of them are not the quickest to just throw their people out here. They're not the quickest to do that. You got people that will literally not say nothing or they'll be riding or dying with their person like that. But with us, the black community, we are so quick to throw ours out there. Or we're so quick to try to shoot up one of our own that we don't try to get retribution for someone that shoot at another black. The most infamous one that comes to my mind every single time when I have this topic or something about this reaching my mind is George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman is another person that should be disappeared off this earth right now. Again, I'm not calling the action for people to try to smoke them out now. It's kind of already too late. The statute of limitation for smoking out George Zimmerman has already passed its time now. Whenever he got released, or found not guilty in a court of law, even though we all knew that man was guilty for real, I don't understand how people didn't smoke him out literally at that point. Or for some years' times, whenever George Zimmerman would pop out and say something about he was trying to defend himself, or even the time when he was talking bad about Jay-Z and Beyonce because he was trying to sue them, or even the most dastardly, and I mean the most dickheadish thing I have ever seen was that the gun that he shot Trayvon Martin with, that went up for auction. How? How? How do we allow that to even happen? How? Like, seriously. He should have been wiped off out of here completely when that happened. Again, I'm not advocating for it. Again, the statute of limitations for that wiping out has already passed. So don't try to do it now. 
it's already too late for that. But how was he able to still live is my question just off top. That's something that we as a black community, we have to do better with that. Whenever someone hits one of our owns, we have to either A, try to go at them hard from the legal system or try to find another way. There's something that we can do. There's something that we can do. We just got to find the right way to go about it. I just don't like that this one was able to live until 88. George Zimmerman is still able to live out here. George should have been out of here. This woman should have been out of here. But we are too afraid of the consequences because we already have the law looking at us every which way. And I feel that might be the reason why we don't take some people out that need to be taken out. I think that's the reason why. But uh, I think that certain people just might be okay being disappeared, if you will. But you only do that whenever the legal system has completely failed you because once the legal system fails you and the rest of the people if you talk to them they say yo this person should have been guilty or found guilty or we don't know how this person uh wasn't found guilty you might have to maybe take the law into your hands just a little bit i mean people in the law do it they get away with it because they have a badge but i think sometimes we might have to just do it ourselves just to make sure that justice is rightfully served so with that I am not sorry this woman has passed away. This woman should have been gone. This woman should have served some prison time, but she didn't, so she's now dead. Thank God and hurrah. Now, with that out of the way, I want to start off with a PSA here, and I'm going to get into the PSA after I read you this. As this comes from People, OnlyFans model and Kim Kardashian lookalike Christina Gorkin dies after suffering cardiac arrest. 34-year-old model died April 20th after suffering cardiac arrest following a medical procedure that took a turn for the worse, her family announced on Tuesday. In a GoFundMe post, Gorkin's family shared that the content creator died April 20th after going into cardiac arrest. In the early morning hours at approximately 4.31, our family received a tragic phone call from a family member who was frantically screaming and crying hysterically on the other end of the line. Ashton is dead. Ashton is dying. Her loved ones wrote a statement Tuesday, a phone call that instantly shattered our world and will forever haunt our family for the rest of our lives. The family added that the model suffered from cardiac arrest following a procedure that took a turn for the worse, which is now being investigated. Now, having read that, my PSA is as such for people that are going out to get plastic surgery, whether it be man or woman. I want you to get it and I want you to get it for the right reasons. I want you to get it because it's for health situations i wanted you to get it for self-esteem situation because certain people might have it for self-esteem cool but do not and i repeat do not do it because for other people and do not get it so you can get to be a look-alike or a carbon copy of someone else did you read that did you just hear what i just said in the headline only fans model and kim kardashian look alike kim kardashian look alike this woman, they say, look like Kim Kardashian. Now, if you see the photos of this woman and Kim Kardashian, you could see exactly what they're meeting. The face, yes, it's Kim Kardashian S. The breast, it was Kim Kardashian S, but she got the breast too big. The butt, Kim Kardashian S, but she does not have the legs to match with the butt. Her waist does not match with the butt. Her arms do not match with the butt or her breast. When you get surgery, 
And people on Twitter have said it. People on like all these social media sites, YouTube, you can do everything you can. They will tell you that you should not get stupid with the surgery for plastic surgery. They will tell you you shouldn't get too big of pieces for your body. If your body's one weight, like the way that it is, don't try to get a piece, like a big breast implant that your body can't hold it up or stretch it out the skin or wherever the hell may have you. I don't know all about these things because I'm a man. I don't look into women business. That's women business. They do what they want. But whenever you see Instagram videos or Twitter videos or YouTube videos of someone that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you know that they have had some type of surgery because that piece of surgery or that implant, if you will, is bigger or just way out there more than the rest of their body, that's a complete mess up. The doctor should have taken care of that. The doctor should have said, nah, we can't do that. There's just some doctors that are going to say, yeah, we can do it. Or they're just money hungry just like that. I don't know what it is with doctors that are willing to damage or endanger their clientele just because for what the client wants at that particular time. Sometimes a doctor has to tell their client, no, I can't do that because this is not right. This wouldn't be right. This is not going to get you right. I'm not going to risk my medical license. I'm not going to risk your life on the line because it's something that you want. No, I'm not going to do that. There was a show on E! called Botched, and you saw two doctors trying to fix up these people that came in there because their past surgeries were completely well, botched. They went to doctors or surgeons in other places and they just completely got mangled. Either the implant was wrong, wrong implant, the implant deflated, or this surgery didn't go the right way that what I wanted it or such and such. And those two doctors would try to fix it. In certain cases, um, they couldn't fix it. They'd be like, no, we can't do this. Or I know there was one that comes to my mind because I'm talking about this right now. There was one where a woman said she wanted to have her breasts become bigger. And she already had big breasts from implants, but she wanted to have bigger breasts. And the doctors, they said, no, nah, we can't do that. Or no, we're not going to do that. And she said, I respect their opinion, but I'm going to go to another doctor and get it done anyway. This is what I'm saying. You guys have to respect the doctor's like opinion and their professional opinion. And you got to go to a reputable one. First of all, go to a reputable doctor. There's the internet now. You can go online. You can find out what doctor does this, who is past, not going to say past clientele was, but I think there should be like some type of rating for doctors online. If not, they should make a website for that to like rate your doctors or rate the surgeons for best uh, surgeon for plastic surgery, best surgeon for brain surgery, heart surgery, weight loss, all this type of stuff. There should be some type of website for that if there isn't one already but if there is you should be able to go on there look up the doctor see what's up with that and pick out the doctor there then guess what go to him or her and if they tell you yo we can't do that or this is our professional opinion on what you should or should not do you should really heed to that warning and hear to their advice because guess what they want the best for you yeah sure doctors want to line their pockets up that's what a lot of doctors would like to do. But there's certain doctors that are going to tell you, no, we can't do that. Or no, I'm not going to do that because guess what? You guys are not in the right 
mindset because certain doctors will like to test you mentally to see if you're good in that area and certain people are not and that's just what it is i want to read you something else too by the way as this comes from uh nbc news and this was from their instagram right here i just want to read you this a 26 year old man who had leg lengthening surgery to increase his weight from 5'7 to 5'10 explains what it was like the four hour operation includes cutting the thigh bones in each leg and inserting rods inside them then over the next three to four months, the rods are lengthened by up to one millimeter per day via an external remote control. New bones grow over the rods. He estimated the whole process costs him $100,000. If all it is is pain and money, all right, he said. Pain and money to make yourself three inches taller for $100,000. That is ludicrous. That is insane to me how someone would want to become taller just because of that. You're putting in rods in your body. Now, I'm not certain if that's a new procedure, old procedure. I found that out this past week. That is insane to me. You can get procedure basically on anything in this world. It just seems that there should be some doctors that straight up tell you, nah, we're not doing that, dog. We ain't going to do that. I just feel that there needs to be more responsibility on the doctor's part in shutting away and closing away certain clients saying, nope, we're not going to do that because that's not in your best interest here. Or you're just trying to do this for this reason, that reason. You're not really doing it for yourself. You're doing it for social media or you're doing it for the public. You're not doing it for you. There needs to be some type of test for people to fill out or paperwork to fill out and have the doctors like examine you or you go to a therapist and all this type of stuff where you get some type of surgery that really like messes with your body because certain people they say they want it and they don't know what the repercussions is after the fact that they have it and they get buyer's remorse and then there's certain people that want it and then they get it they're like okay this is what i wanted and then they become addicted like okay now i want to switch this up and now i want to switch that up and now they go and get mad different plastic surgeries just year round no this isn't the way i just want this to be a psa please love yourself love your body and just look after yourself please because this woman she should not have passed at the tender age of 34 and just because she wanted to look like, and I'm not going to say she wanted to, but they said that she was a Kim Kardashian lookalike. So once you see that and you see her photo, you can kind of see where she was leaning to. So just bear with me. She wanted to look like Kim Kardashian. This is not the way. I want more people, whether it be men or females. If you're wanting to get plastic surgery, please do it for the right things. Please don't do it for anybody else. Do it for you. And please don't try to look like someone else because guess what? You need to be you. You're the only person that can be you, and being you is great, okay? Now, moving on to our next topic, as this would come from Pensacola News Journal, as it would read, Pensacola man sexually abused an 11-year-old. He faces eight life sentences. Nearly three years after deputies arrested a Pensacola man for sexually assaulting a child for three years, a jury entered the courtroom Wednesday and levied its verdict in less than 90 minutes. The jury found 48-year-old Larry Steve Snipes guilty on 10 child sex abuse charges that included four capital felony counts of sexual battery on children under 12 years old, four first-degree felony counts of custodial sexual battery, a third-degree felony count of child abuse without 
great bodily harm and one third degree felony count of distributing obscene material to a minor. Snipes was initially arrested by deputies on August 12, 2020, after a girl told her cousin that Snipes had been sexually assaulting her from 2017 to 2020. The time the first incident occurred, the child was 11 years old. Over the course of the three years, Snipes would force the child to have sex and perform sex acts on him every day, sometimes twice a day, his arrest report said. Also in the report, they would say that Snipes and his girlfriend would frequently give the child Xanax and another drug without a prescription to calm her down before they abused her. Combs testified she helped Snipes during the trial and is currently awaiting sentencing after pleading no contest to eight child sex abuse charges. That was Snipes' girlfriend here. Now, having said that, this was a nasty bastard. Just completely a nasty bastard. Any adult man messing around with a child sexually is a nasty bastard. Any woman that's messing around with a child of any sexual manner is a nasty bastard. Anybody messing around with a child sexual manner-wise is a nasty bastard. I don't understand any of that. They need to have their own jail. They need to go off to their own island. They need to be separated legitimately. Like, Because I've said it before, and I mean it, and I think everybody agrees with it. Children are literally off limit. You don't touch children sexually. You are damaging those children when you do sexual activities to these children, touching them in unnecessary places. You are damaging these children for real, mentally, and you are scarring them. This is a nasty bastard. You abused a female, a young child. You did that. Your girlfriend has admitted to it. She's just helping the case out or did help the case out. She is not even trying to say, no, I'm not going to take a deal. No, she took a deal because she cooperated. But she also did it alongside with you. This, oh my God, this was nasty, nasty, nasty. I told you, sometimes I find certain things that the news will not talk about. This is one thing I don't remember people talking about. Probably people down there in Florida probably talked about it, but I don't remember over here talking about it. I don't remember ABC, CBS, NBC, or any of that like talking about this at all. So this shocked me when it popped up on my uh, thing. But again, certain people are nasty out here on this planet. A lot of people are disgusting individuals out here on this planet. So should this have shocked me? No. But it does. Anytime I read somebody going to jail because they're messing around with children sexually, it always catches me off guard because I always think, why on God's green would an adult person touch a child sexually? I don't get it. There needs to be some type of brain examination. I'm not going to say, oh, they need to be out freed because there's there's something wrong with their brain. I'm not saying that one at all. They need to just be put away somewhere, away from the rest of society. That's where we're going with this. But no, this is nasty. This is sickening. This is disgusting. I want everyone to please still watch after their kids. Talk to them. See what's up with them. See and ask them questions about, hey, yo, did anybody touch you? Did anybody touch you here? Anybody touch you there? Did anybody touch you in a way that made you feel uncomfortable? You got to have these conversations with your kids when you are an adult. I've said it before, and I'll say it again a hundred times. Adults and also older siblings 
Have those conversations with your younger siblings. Make sure they're good. Because again, certain times, your younger siblings are able to hide behind a mask and you won't even know what's going on with them until you have to constantly poke and prod at them so they can even open up. They might say it to you in an angrily type way, but as long as they open up to you, that's all that really matters. So please, again, look after your siblings and parents, look after your kids and have those type of conversations with them to see what is going on with them. Now, speaking of parents, I want to read you guys something about a trial that is underway. This was something that I did not know about, but I'll get to that in a minute. Forensic pathologist reveals how Lori followed Daybell's son. JJ was killed. Daughter's cause of death unknown. Nearly three years after the remains of Lori followed Daybell's children, seven-year-old Joshua JJ Vallow and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan were found. JJ's cause of death has been revealed. On Wednesday, Dr. Gerth Warren, a forensic pathologist, revealed during testimony at Lori's trial that JJ was asphyxiated with a plastic bag and duct tape over his mouth, according to East Idaho News. JJ's autopsy was conducted two days after the child's remains were found behind on Chad Daybell's Idaho property. For the people that don't remember this, remember that there was a mother and her new husband, uh, Chad Daybell. They went out on vacation somewhere and they didn't have their children with them. Well, Lori didn't have her children with them on this vacation. And somehow, some way, they started to come about how the children were missing. I think they were missing days of school and all this type of jazz Either way, the children end up missing. So, long story less long. Um, the mother, I don't think she ever said where her children were. So, that gave people more, like, questions about why is she saying anything? Where's her children? Where are the children's? It led to a police investigation. They ended up arresting the wife, Lori, and the husband, Chad. Um, they end up going around Chad's uh, Idaho apartment. Well, not apartment, but property. Finding the children's bodies in the backyard, but they had to dig for the bodies. So they end up finding the bodies. And the boy, JJ, his body, as I already said already, they had a plastic bag, duct tape over his mouth. And he was asphyxiated with the plastic bag. He had bruises on his wrist and ankles where the duct tape was bound by. And the forensic pathologist revealed during her testimony that Tylee's autopsy took several days because her remains were not intact. This autopsy was different. The vast majority of the time when I perform an autopsy, I get an entire body and there's a process we go through. Tylee's case was different. Her remains were received in three separate sealed bags. Warren said that they looked for bullets and knife fragments in her remains to determine her cause of death, but was unsuccessful in finding anything. According to the outlet, he determined her cause of death was homicide by unspecific means. Lori is charged with murder in connection with the deaths of JJ and Tylee and conspiracy to commit first degree murder in the death of her fifth husband Chad's first wife Tammy Daybell so this one was just straight up on a killing rampage here they did say that they took the death penalty off for her so with this she could be facing life in prison and I hope she does get it because I remember this case not case I remember this situation happening I remember this being on the news and it's like being the main thing because this woman would not say a peep about where her children were she wouldn't say nothing and it was Again, so weird. 
a parent not telling nobody, okay, where my kids are, or hey, my kids are at a friend's house or a grandparent's house or something like that or something, or just having your kids next to you. There was none of that. Every time that people saw her out, anytime that people got video or any of that, it was always her without the kids. So it was extremely weird. So for her to now be in jail, she's on trial facing for the deaths of her kid son and her daughter. It's amazingly stupid how this is coming about. How you as a parent allowed this to happen. How you allowed yourself to either A, have your kid get killed or either B, you killed your kid. Right now we still on the whole uh, accusation or the accused situation because once somebody is found guilty then you can stamp them say you're a murderer, you're a killer but until that happened you only have been accused of these things so right now we have to wait it out and I'm just shocked by how ABC, CBS, CNN like the big like news conglomerates have not covered this story I remember them covering it when it was first happening. But now since we're in the trial basis, you would think they would want to update everybody about this trial, if not daily, about weekly until the whole uh, trial at least comes to an end where people find out is she guilty, not guilty, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to try to keep you guys up to date on that, just as someone should have been keeping up to date on this trial. So hopefully within the next week, they'll get more information coming about out out of this trial and i'll bring this back to you guys as a weekly update now to give you guys the latest update on the elementary school teacher that filed a 40 million dollar lawsuit against the school where she got shot at by the student they have now trying to seek a dismissal of the 40 million dollar lawsuit as this comes from nbc news school board seeks dismissal of 40 million dollar lawsuit Filed by a teacher shot by student, school district officials in Newport News, Virginia, are seeking the dismissal of a $40 million lawsuit by the elementary school teacher who was shot by her six-year-old student during class in January. The motion filed Wednesday in the Newport News Circuit Court argues that the injuries suffered by first grade teacher Abigail Warner should be remedied as a workers' compensation claim and that state law exists for the benefits of of employees for the purpose of providing coverage for workplace injuries without having to prove negligence on the part of the employer. Warner's negligent claim says she incurred physical pain and mental anguish as a result of the January 6th shooting in which the unnamed student, identified as John Doe, brought a 9mm handgun to the school and discharged it even though staff and other students allegedly gave multiple warnings to administrators that he posed an imminent danger. An attorney from Warner told NBC News after her negligent lawsuit was filed on April 3rd that he disagrees with the notion that her complaint should be filed as workers' compensation claim under Virginia law since, theoretically, workers can't sue their employers. The shooting is an exemption, lawyer Jeffrey Britt said, because no six-year-old student is going to be at risk of shooting their teacher. For teachers, he added, it is not part of their job and they are not a night 7-Eleven worker. But in a response filed on behalf of three of the four defendants, the Newport News School District, former superintendent George Parker III, and former Richneck Elementary School principal Brianna Foster Newton, they contend that there is an unfortunate reality of violence in schools, and this problem extends to elementary school teachers. 
The response also cites national surveys in which teachers have reported verbal or threatening behavior against them by students. Unfortunately, Newport News Public Schools experienced similar incidents of threats and attacks by students as illustrated by Occupational Safety and Health Administration reports. Okay, so we're all just going through lawyer games here. The school isn't trying to pay it out. They're trying to say that, yo, this should go under the uh, workers' compensation plan. I don't think no teacher should have to file this under some type of workers' compensation claim or plan or whatever the hell may have you. No teacher, I think, should be worried about getting shot. Now, is that a part of the situation where people are living in now? Yes. Do I think teachers are worried now more than ever about somebody running up into a school, shooting them up or shooting up their kids? Yes. And should that be put into the workers' uh, paperwork? Let that be put there. Say, hey, you guys might get shot at. You guys should probably put that into their paperwork for teachers. Yes, but no. In a realistic world, which we are living in, nobody thinks a teacher or student should be worried about getting shot. Now, there are school shootings. Yes, there's always a possibility in America with school shootings because we have not figured out the whole guns situation. We have not figured that out. At that's one thing. Okay, we haven't figured that thing out. But do I think teachers should be worried about getting shot? No. But is that a thing? Yes, this is where we start getting into the tricky things. But in all reality, in the paperwork, do they have in the paperwork saying, hey, you might get shot? That's where I think where a lawyer might want to look into something. I know I would be looking into that, trying to see what you sign off into, what what's the what is the thing in just with your employer? What do they promise you? What are the warning signs? What type of training do they give you guys? Because they got to give you guys some type of training because if they at least give you training about what to do if an intruder comes into the schoolhouse, if you are the teacher, then okay, they're at least giving you some type of training of worrying about a shooter coming up into your classroom or into the building and all that. Then you can probably like lean over into the school a little bit by saying, well, we did give them some type of training and warn them, but it all comes down to what is in that paperwork. When people have things written down in the paper, you can try to fight and kick and scream all you want about this shouldn't be this, this should be in that. No, what is in the paperwork? If it's in the paperwork, then fine, it is what it is. But if it is not in the paperwork, I think that the teacher should win and she should get her money. I already said she was not going to get $40 million. Should she get a couple millions? Yes, because she got shot in the effing hand by a six-year-old student who they have said has had some troubles in the past from other schools that that student was in. So with the school knowing this, the school is kind of at blame and do hold some type of responsibility for that teacher getting shot. So hopefully they figure that out. And again, once more information comes about with this situation, I will bring this up to you guys. Now, moving over to the sports world, I want to mention about another firing. And this again was from another reporter. This was just like the week of firing of reporters. We had Tucker Carlson, we had Don Lemon, and now ESPN, they fired a reporter this Wednesday because there was a video that came out of said reporter, Marley Rivera calling another reporter a effing see you next Tuesday. Now, the New York Post said there was a video of Rivera verbal tirade when reporting the story. 
TMZ released the footage on Thursday. Rivera and Yvonne Gates are both attempting to speak to Aaron Judge, who plays for the New York Yankees, who was signing autographs and posing for photos with young fans on the Yankee Stadium field. After berating Gate in Spanish and English, Rivera hurled the obscene remark in earshot of Judge and others. A stunned Gate turned around to confirm the video operator right behind them that he caught the incident on video. Now, as I said before, TMZ did release the video. I did see it. And yes, she did call that woman a see you next Tuesday. Now, Rivera has been covering baseball MLB for ESPN for 13 years. So for her to get cut after that video being publicized or even the New York Post even writing up an article about it and ESPN seeing it, they had no other choice but to cut her. I don't think they had to. I think they probably could have just suspended her. I don't think somebody should be cut for saying something like that, especially when there's a woman talking to about another woman. I don't think that's the situation. Now, if it was a man talking to a woman, I can see how people would get upset and all that uh, jazzmatazz and a man would get fired. Okay, I wouldn't agree with it, but I can see it. But when there's a woman talking to another woman, I don't see how someone can get fired off that when there's a woman talking to another woman. Now, if it was, I said before, a man talking to a woman, yes. If it was a black talking to a white and it says some offensive, yes. If it was a white man or talking to a black woman, calling her that, yes. You can see the parallels when I'm getting at here. But for a woman to talk to about another woman, Literally in that way and fashion, I don't think somebody should be getting fired off that. But again, I'm not in the corporate world. I have my own way of thinking, but I digress. Rivera would tell uh, New York Post that she fully accepts responsibility for what she said, which I should not have said. There were extenuating circumstances, but that is no way is an excuse for my actions. Rivera also claimed she was being singled out because of past professional disagreements with John Blundell who is Gates' husband, and here's the kicker here, MLB's Vice President of Communications. So for people that do not know this, if you're in the communication world, you have to set up people with press conferences, you have to set up people with uh, speaking engagements, the interviews, all that type of stuff. If you work in the communication field, that's kind of what you do. So for him to be the Vice President of Communication and for him to see his wife or even hear about his wife getting degraded by a reporter because his wife happens to be a freelance reporter as well. She was just out there to do her job, but for another reporter to call his wife a see you next Tuesday, I'm pretty sure he kind of made some calls to ESPN, probably made some calls to other places to say, yo, you got to remove her because she can't be talking to my wife like that. You better do something or... I'll figure out a way here or there. That's just hearsay in my thought process because me being a guy, and if I had that much power and somebody were to say something about that to my partner or about my sister in any way, form or fashion, whenever she becomes a person uh, working in said field that I put her in, I would do anything I can to get that person either removed from that position or get them just fired off top. See, so for him, he did what a husband was supposed to do. So ESPN probably had their hands tied in this matter. So I could see Rivera saying that there are probably some uh, circumstances and past disagreements with said homeboy, Gates' husband, 
which led to her kind of being fired here. So I just want to let everyone know it is firing season. Reporters, let it be known. It is firing season. Please be careful. She did some stupid, which was said this on camera while people are recording. You know this as a professional, as you've been working for ESPN for 13 years. The camera is always on, always on. When you're in the communication world or you're working in television, right? Hey, you got to set up for interviews and all that type of stuff. Or you're trying to get the process of the interview. You're trying to get B-roll. You're getting a lot of footage. You are recording even when you're not conducting an interview. You'll be recording as you're walking into the building. You might get some shots of, hey, here's some historical photos here. Or, hey, here's some, uh, God, souvenirs here that they got in a case. If you're in a stadium of that magnitude or a baseball field. Yo, get those type of footage so you can put in a video package and all that. She should have known that she was being recorded one way or another. And for her to slip up the way that she did right here, it was just completely amateur time. That's why I like to always walk into a building and watch and look at all the cameras that are there. That will tell me how I need to act. I always act uh, civil. Let me make that perfectly clear because it makes it sound like I'm going to act like a complete animal or savage if I don't see any cameras there. No, I act like a civilized human being, but I have the ability to know that, hey, I can't do something here if something does pop off because cameras are here and they're going to catch everything that happens. So for her to make that mistake, this is exactly what it was, a mistake. But it was a costly mistake because it lost her her job of 13 years at ESPN. So, again, I hope she finds another job. Because if she worked in that one spot for 13 years at ESPN, they must have found her at least uh, valuable. So I hope that Miss Rivera finds another job covering baseball. Because if you cover that for 13 years, you at least have a love and a passion for it. So I hope she's able to find another place that will allow her to cover baseball. Now, speaking of Jobs, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, he has signed a contract extension with the Baltimore Ravens for is reportedly saying that his figure is $260 million and is a five-year extension with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, what that means is the contract states that Jackson is guaranteed a $185 million in guaranteed money and is worth $52 million per year, which is the highest in the league. So, Mar Jackson has now eclipsed uh, Jalen Hurts after Hurts signed the biggest contract last week, I believe. Lamar Jackson has now signed the biggest contract in all of uh, NFL. So congratulations to Lamar Jackson. This was the biggest game of chicken that I did see in the sports world, or at least in NFL, because this was the big thing going out of the season or maybe even during the season. No, it was during the season because I remember... Uh, uh, Stephen A. talking about it on first take, Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless talking about Undisputed and all the other uh, sports people talking about it, analysts. They would talk about, is Lamar Jackson going to sign back with uh, the Baltimore Ravens or what the deal was? And even at one point, Lamar Jackson, he did uh, tweet out in March 27th that he asked for a trade. So again, this was the biggest game of chicken between Baltimore Ravens, the franchise, the organization with their top quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson, he happened to sign a new deal with them, so I'm glad he was able to get the money and do right, and I'm happy for him, as I'm also happy for all these new NFL draft picks that got drafted this past Thursday and Friday. 
I'm happy for all of them. Remember, you guys are all rookies. You guys are all now coming into a big uh, status of income now and more pressure is going to be put upon you. But I do not want to make this sound terrible whenever you hear the word pressure. Pressure always makes people go into a big frenzy, especially rookies with everybody basically going to be running down their necks. You'll always get the people that will side with the rookie and say, hey, this is their first year playing. They got to get things adjusted right. They got to get their team calibrated with themselves. They got to work right with the coach and all this type of stuff. They got to get themselves adjusted from playing from college football to the NFL. So don't put too much pressure on them. Some people will crack under the pressure. Certain people will make become a diamond or at least a diamond in the rough, if you will. But I do want to play you guys a clip of something. This is a clip from Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is after him and the Milwaukee Bucks got eliminated out of the NBA playoffs. And the reporter asked him, does he consider this season a failure? And I just want you to hear his response to said question. Do you view this season as a failure? You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't, know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people is going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Similar as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. Now, I want all the new NFL stars to go in there and just enjoy your time. You heard what Yana said. Listen, it's going to win. Losses is going to happen. There's going to have to be a winner. There's going to have to be a loser. But... You take every day as a learning experience and you take something away from every loss. You do something with it and you try to get better. That's something that not a lot of sports teams or players think about. I'm glad that Giannis was able to eloquently say that to this reporter. And as you heard him, he said that that reporter keeps on asking him this every single year. So this probably got on Giannis's nerves for some time now. But this was something that I think you could take away from the sports world and you can even apply it to regular everyday life for people that's at the job and you get upset because you didn't get the promotion or you didn't um, get what you were supposed to get. You could just take that as a learning experience. Hey, this didn't work. Okay, let me try to adjust to do something here or maybe I got to talk to this person here or do something. You got to take every day as a learning experience. There is no failures out here. The only time I find that you fail at something is if you 
fail to learn from that mistake and you happen to repeat something again, aka madness. So for all the people out there, whether you're in sports or you're just doing something day to day on a cycle, always take each day as a learning experience and just try to learn from something that you did the day before and try to apply it the following day and just try to make yourself better. Now, with that all being said, I do want to get you guys out of here because I am up on my one hour mark, the time that I try to set up for every Sunday episode to get everybody out of here. But I do want to make this one thing clear. Um, Facebook has decided to cut off all of its uh, original watch now programming. So which leaves uh, Red Table Talk now in limbo, which is a show that's hosted by Jada Pickett Smith, her daughter and her grandmother. And all these other shows, but the one that got everybody's attention more was because Red Table Talk, because that was the series that brought about the entanglement with Jada and August Alcina, some of the outrageous clips that were on the internet, and most notoriously, Jada and Will, their whole fiasco at the table with the whole meme of Will Smith crying. So with Facebook now cutting off all of its uh, Watch Now original shows, I don't know what's happening with all these big companies. Facebook's laying people off. Uh, Apple has laid people off. But I believe even like YouTube and like Snap, they have like start laying people off and they decided to move away from their original content. So I don't know what it's like for all these people that's living out there in Silicon Valley or these big high tech people that went to college for um, computer work. I don't know what to say for you guys. Just keep your heads up. And keep your nose to the ground and just keep grinding out there because someone will appreciate your work and someone will um, hire you. Whether it be a startup company or a company that's already established, just put fillers out there and just try to see what is available to you. That's the only thing I can say because I don't know what these big companies are doing. I don't know what type of changes they're trying to make, where that case may have you. But I just want to let everybody know what's up with this situation right now with uh, Facebook cutting off all of their original programmings. Now, with that out of the way, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all these uh, podcasting sites, because without them, I wouldn't be able to get these podcast episodes out to you guys, the listeners. And I want to thank you guys, the listeners, the downloaders, the people that actually download these uh, episodes and hear me just talk about various or variety of topics week by week. I want to thank you all, because without you guys, I'll be talking just into a mic, into an empty void And I want to say thank you and I appreciate you because I see the numbers every single week. I have to say that because that is a truthful thing. I check out my demographic and I see exactly where they're coming from. And I want to thank everybody that's downloading the episodes. Um, Always remember. I love you. I do love you guys. This is not a gimmick. This is coming from a real life person, not an AI person. And this has been coming from a real life person for almost three years now, beginning three years in December. So I really do appreciate you guys for sticking with me and rock with me for this period of time. I really do uh, appreciate it. And for the people that are just coming aboard, hey, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys uh, check it out. If you do, please subscribe to the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get this uh, podcast from, from any podcast sites. And if you like it so much, share it around. On these uh, shareable sites, you can easily just share the podcast around and do that. That would be greatly beneficial because when you do that, it allows the algorithms to know that this uh, podcast is this and other people will be tuning in. 
So again, I want to thank every single one of you guys. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. He is I, I am him. I love you guys. I really do mean that. For people that don't know, I do have a wrestling episode out right now. It's yesterday's episode. You can check it out. And I will be coming back to you with you guys with a Wednesday episode midweek breakdown. And that's the show where I talk for 10 to 20 minutes about just something. And then I play music at the end of it. So now with all the self-promotion out of the way, I love you guys. I thank you. You'll hear from me then. Now, with that all being said, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.